Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. My fall is descending. Yeah. Uh, when I drop my kids off, uh, my, my daughter off at uh, the children's area on Sunday, Lauren has done a great job of decorating for fall, and my wife served in the preschool area, and fall is like everything mm. to my wife. It is her season of the year, so... She is ready to put out fall decor, and I'm like, you know, it was 100 degrees just the other day, and she goes, it doesn't matter, it's fall. So <laughs> we are we are getting into fall, and I'll, I'll be honest, I love it. I love the, this season of the year, oh, and yeah. so um, it's a little bit cooler this week than it was last week, and I think that that's a wonderful thing. So what about you? How's the family? Yeah, we're doing great. You know, still having some nights where we get the boys to bed and it's you know it's midnight when uh you get to go to bed but but uh god is good we're we're just it's just so good uh life is just so good and i'm just so thankful for uh everything we've been given so that's that's i guess all i can say about it that's you know that's a pretty good answer yeah that's awesome yeah (laughs) now speaking of changing seasons here soon we're going to be changing prayer partners yes we are and so september we Change prayer partners, and in fact, I got a new prayer partner on Sunday. Uh, young man, DJ Price, is going to be my prayer partner, and I'm really looking forward to that time. And uh, I'm telling you guys, listeners, if you don't have a prayer partner yet, allow the Lord to stretch you in that way because you will benefit greatly, um, not only from praying for somebody every day. I started praying for DJ today. I pray for him anyway, but concerted effort, pray for you know, DJ, his marriage, his family, you know, all the things that God is doing in his life. Um, but then we're going to get to connect on a regular basis. So I want to encourage you, and Jordan and I modeled this for you. And Jordan has done a great job of continuing on, and and that's the way it's supposed to work. We encourage each other. We pray for each other. So find a prayer partner, and it's very simple. You pray for that person daily. You connect with that person weekly, and that connection could be you know, a five-hour meeting somewhere, or it could be coffee, or it could be lunch, or it could be a text message or a phone conversation. It could be all sorts of things, but you're just making that connection point and really just to encourage and to say what, if anything, is specific that I can be praying for. Tell me what it is. Um, And then that's what you do. You pray daily and connect weekly, and then we switch seasonally. So the new season is coming, and it's time for a new prayer partner. Yeah. And just by way of encouragement, I just will throw it out there. Uh, I've been meeting with TJ Renfro. It's been incredible experience. TJ is just an awesome, awesome guy. Um, But, you know, I've been working on some big stuff with work where I've just been you know, kind of unreliable at times. Um, but it's nice to be able to have that where, you know, we we plan to meet each week in person. And then if it doesn't happen, if we need to do a phone call, if we need to change the time, you know, that's totally fine. You, you don't have to have a set time, you know, uh, for, for an hour, you know, at a restaurant or something like that. Like you can adapt it to where, you know, like in real life, you have these people that you can rely upon and live life with and pray with and it's an incredible experience. Please do do it, listeners, if you can, and have the opportunity. Well, and I would even push it this far to say it will take your faith to a new level. Yeah. Because it will, you know, for so many years in my own life, church was something you did for a couple of hours on Sunday. 
And then you kind of put that away for a long time. And I'm telling you, when God tells us to pray without ceasing and to pray for one another, to intercede for one another, he means it. And the more that you engage in prayer, the more that you engage with the word, the more that you engage with this this koinonia, this fellowship that we have as believers in Jesus Christ, the more your faith will come to mean to you, the closer you will get to God, uh, and the more hope you'll you'll dwell in. You know, the, the song says that, that Jesus gives us strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And the more we cultivate that relationship with him uh, in the community that he's given us, the more strength and hope we have for every day. Amen. So we'll go ahead and go into our scripture portion for this week. So it's Luke 22, 24 through 27. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he, Jesus, said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is greater, one who reclines at table, or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Okay, so Jeff, let's talk about this this moment in time for a minute. So what provoked the disciples here at the Last Supper to argue over who is the greatest? Were they just completely ignorant of what was going on and the weight of the moment? Or were they actually really aware of what was going on? So I think that that is a great question. I think the answer is both. I think they were ignorantly aware. <laughs> so so you got to remember that they had come to the place where they recognized that Jesus is the Messiah. Peter made that confession at Caesarea Philippi. All the disciples had, had come to that conclusion, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And they understood that he was the one that was the fulfillment of all the promises of God in the Old Testament, that all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. What they were anticipating, I think, was this messianic reign to come to reestablish the political power of Israel during this time, that truly Jesus would reestablish the glory of the throne of David there in Jerusalem and would reign over all the world. He would squash Rome. He would uh, take care of all of the oppression with which they had been dealing and that they would reign. And so we think about uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, asking, let us sit one at your right hand and one at your left when you come into glory. And what are they thinking of? Well, they're thinking of Jesus sitting on the throne of David and ruling and reigning. And so let us be at the places of prominence within your kingdom. Um, so they were expecting that that would, would happen. And so I'll tell you, when you go to the Mount of Olives and you follow that path down that Jesus rode into the city on the, the, the Palm Sunday, the first Palm Sunday, and the Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This has been the most amazing week in the lives of any of these people. And I think that they were very aware, but they were ignorant of what Jesus was doing. So Jesus was inaugurating not a physical kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom that he would draw all people, Jew and Gentile alike, to God through himself. And in order to do that, 
he had to die as our sacrifice of atonement. He had to die uh, as our perfect propitiation and expiation to take away the wrath of God for our sin and the shame that goes with that. Uh, he had to die because without, and he had to have his blood shed because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, and by his wounds we have been healed. God made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. All those things had to happen, and then he arose from the grave triumphantly on the third day, ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and one day he's coming back. And then he will establish that messianic reign. Then he will establish that messianic glory. But it wasn't when the disciples were expecting. And so I would imagine that as they're celebrating this Passover Seder, what is on their mind is not unscriptural. In other words, they weren't, they weren't looking for something that was outside the realm of the teaching of God's word, the, the, the Torah, the writings, and the prophets. What they were looking for, though, was outside the scope of God's timing. Mm. And so I think that they were very aware of what was going on, and I think that um, they were likewise ignorant of what was going on at the same time. So um, Jesus had, had, had shared that, that they would be involved in judging the tribes of Israel, that, that, that we all who are in Christ would be involved in even judging the angels. So there's, there is this sense in which we will reign with Christ for everlasting, for the everlasting kingdom of God, um, but it wasn't yet. There was something coming that they couldn't wrap their minds around. Um, so they weren't, and, and that's the that's the important thing to understand. It's not that they were refuting God's word; they were functioning according to God's word. It just wasn't God's timing, and so that's what was going on. I think. Yeah, and that's an important distinction. I, you know, it makes me think of uh, something that D. Thomas Lancaster said about these passages about the the greatest among them. So, you know, James and John asked to be at uh, Jesus' right hand and his left hand, and imagining you know the messianic reign that is to come. But if you exclude Judas, you know, if you can't count him out, James was the first to be martyred yeah. of the twelve, and then uh, John was the last to die. Yeah. So in some sense, they do end up being, you know, the left and right. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. And you can you can take that as you will. But the point is that, you know, there's this expectation that the Messianic reign will happen there in, you know, in the time of Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem right after Palm Sunday at Passover. But that wasn't the case. Um, it was still time to be servants and to serve. Um, you know, Jesus is the suffering servant, and that was his moment where he was glorified through the uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Um, and we, we just kind of take it for granted that, you know, he is the suffering servant, but it, it really is kind of counterintuitive when you ha have to balance that with the fact that he is the Messiah and he is, well, Messiah means king, like he's supposed to be the king. So why does Jesus call his disciples to be servants in this world? Like, why is there that disconnect between where we are right now and how we sh should be living now and, you know, judging angels in the future. Yeah. Well, I think that, that it is 
the call to emulate Christ. And so one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And some scholars believe that, that this was an ancient Christian hymn that the Apostle Paul was quoting, uh, or perhaps even writing, but more people think he was quoting it uh, and he wrote when he wrote to the church at Philippi. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, Paul writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, "...have this mind among yourselves." which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, And bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there's this sense in which we are called to emulate Jesus. Paul said, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Uh, In the NIV 1984 edition, it was, let your attitude be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And that's just a phenomenal idea that we who are in Christ are being formed to be like Christ, that that's the work that that God is doing in us. And so go with me in your mind to Jesus washing the disciples' feet in the upper room. And after he gets done doing that, After he gets done washing their feet, he says this, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so again, Jesus has explicitly told us to be the servant of people. Uh, that we are to serve God by serving others, even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, again, what is God doing in us? Well, he is transforming us into the likeness of Christ. That's the journey of sanctification. I get saved. I am cleansed by God. I am forgiven by God. I am set free from the shackles of sin by God, even though I still have uh, flesh that wants to please itself. And then the journey from my salvation to the point at which God calls me home is God making me better. And specifically, he's making every Christ follower more like the one we follow, Jesus Christ. So I think think that's why that, that, you know, If you understand who you are in Jesus Christ, and if you understand who you belong to in Jesus Christ, then it's not a bit it's not a it's not a bad thing for you to serve. It's 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 humbling yourself because you recognize that God has done such an amazing work in you, and just as Jesus came to serve, so also can his followers serve others. Yeah, I was thinking about the dual nature of that, because if we serve, then we become more like Christ. And of course, as disciples, we're supposed to be 
becoming more like Christ. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, because we live in a fallen world, serving, you know, serving the world and being helpful and healing and praying for people is beneficial to the world. So it's not just for us to improve, but it also improves the world. Like it's like this dual thing going on. I mean, it really is. And and I think that's our call. You know, every morning when I drop my daughter off at school, we pray that her school would be better because she's there hmm. and Christ is in her. So she is bringing the presence of Christ into her school. I pray the same thing for my son with his school and with his football team and, you know, my daughter with her volleyball team. But I pray the same thing for me. You know, why in the world should God invest energy into each of us um, if we're not going to bear fruit of righteousness, bear fruit in keeping with righteousness that makes the world a better place? There's a, there's a parable Jesus told about the, the tree that bore no fruit, and, and, and the vine dresser said, cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Well, why should I use up the oxygen? You know, if, if, if God is going to invest oxygen and energy and, and his sovereign hand of sustaining me uh, in me, he's going to give me gifts, talents, abilities, and resources. If I am not stewarding that for his glory, what's the point of me even being here, you know? Yeah. So, again, that's just, I think that that is a vitally important understanding for disciples of Christ to understand that we are here not solely to be repositories of blessing. In other words, we don't pray, Lord, bless us so that we are blessed. We, play, we pray, Lord, bless us so that we can be a blessing to others and that they might see Christ in us, which is the hope of glory, and uh, that they might repent and come to Christ as well. Would it be correct to compare that to the parable of the manus where you know, this master gives his servants uh, coins, different amounts of coins, but they're supposed to do something with it. So the one who comes to him and says, oh, here's your coin back. It's like, you know, no, you weren't just supposed to hold on to it. You know, you weren't just supposed to hold on to these things I've given you. You were supposed to go out and actually invest them and generate more capital within the parable. But of course, you know, that's representative of what we should be doing with the actual talents and skills that God has given us. Absolutely, yes. And so even sitting in this room right now, looking around at you guys, what are we doing right now? Well, we are taking what God has given us, and Elliot and his abilities with sound and technology and amplification and and editing and all those sorts of things, and those who edit this podcast, Chad and his team, they're going to use their gifts. Jordan, you you came up with this thing. That's part of your gifting, and you come up with the questions and and and. And part of my gifting is, is I guess, talking about the kingdom of God yeah, and saying sure. this, this, this is what the Lord has said. And so what are we doing right now? Well, we're employing those gifts and investing them so that listeners benefit and that all of us edify each other. We grow. We come close to Christ, and, and, uh, and we're sanctified to become more like him. I mean, all of those things are happening because that's what we're doing right now. So this is an actual example of what you're saying. What we're doing right now is an example of that. Um, but you know, why should give why should God give the gift of music to someone who's not going to play? Why should God give the gift of voice to someone who's not going to sing? For his glory. I mean, you know, and so that's what I love um, whenever our orchestra plays here at church. It's so cool because there on the stage, you'll have, I mean, golly, 60 to 70 people sitting on that stage. 
and all of them doing something different. Even, you know, you've got different singers singing different parts. You've got uh, different instrumentalists playing different instruments and you've got the minister of music up there directing and and but you just see it all coming together with one beautiful sound glorifying god and at the same time what's going on is we have uh, an incredible tech team that's amplifying that sound and then not only that we have an amazing broadcast team that is then taking all of that sound and sending it out literally to satellites in outer space where it's bouncing all over the world and people are magnifying God along with us because people are using their gifts, talents, abilities, and resources. So you even think about every one of us who gives to the church. Those resources are not ours. Those are God's. He entrusts them to our care. He calls us to give generously. So we give and so it, it's all coming together to glorify God and to bless the world. And so, yeah, that's exactly what it's supposed to be about. I think that's a great, great distinction. Yeah. So let's make this practical with today's practical application question. So listeners, if you have a question, you can go to the link in the show notes or comment on the post below. Today's question is, what are some opportunities to serve both within the church and outside the church? Well, first, you should serve both within the church and outside the church. And uh, there are all sorts of opportunities to serve within the church. I'll tell you, a great need that we have right now is people to serve in our children's ministry. Our children's ministry is growing. Uh, We have a lot of young families coming and bringing kids, and so we need trustworthy Christ followers uh, who can come. You you do have to have a background check, but I've submitted to one every year for the, for the last twenty years. It's 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 a very easy process, um, but. Um, Man, we need people to serve, uh, to, to love on those kids, because we got a bunch of them coming. Uh, you don't have to be able to teach. You can just come and, and supervise and help and you know just be a helping hand. Um, but there are all sorts of ways to serve in the church. Uh, you think about, I mean, probably the most visible service group that we have is our choir. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we have space for more choir members, and we would love for you to come. You say, well, I'm not a soloist. Well, you don't have to be a soloist. You, you, you have to be able to find the pitch and to, you know, um, and sing your part. And, uh, uh, but there are all sorts of opportunities to serve insofar as greeting people, welcoming people, uh, helping people find their way around our campus, um, there are certainly opportunities to, to teach God's word for those who have that calling and that, that gifting. Um, but then there are also opportunities to, golly, help with uh, Operation Christmas Child. We, we, are a, we are a central hub for those shoe boxes. And last year, um, we had tens of thousands of shoe boxes come through here. And we needed people's help. Um, And it's as simple as putting a box in a bigger box and then putting that bigger box on a tractor trailer trailer. Um, Helping with trunk or treat that's coming up October 29th. And maybe you decorate the trunk of your car to give candy to kids in the name of Jesus. Or maybe you don't want to do that and you want to help get the candy to the trunks that are distributing it. Or you want to go around and welcome people, count people, pop popcorn, cook hot dogs. You know, just... There's all sorts of ways to serve. And so I would say within the church, you can go to our website at firstbaptistbg.org and you can 
click on serve and that link will help you see some ways that are available. Um, But I'll tell you, within our community, I think God gives us opportunities to serve that if we will just take them, he drops them in our lap. So like right now, my wife and I are spending a lot of time at South Warren High School and Middle School because that's where our kids are. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even my daughter's elementary school still. Um, but we are working with teams. And so as we record this this evening, um, my son will have a junior varsity football game. Well, uh, I serve as the vice president of our gridiron club and and i serve as our announcer for our jv games and our volunteer coordinator and so um i'm there to help people serve the school but i mean you know even within the context of that same high school my friend elliot who's sitting over here to my left runs the sound for that um that theater production that they do just about every year and and other entities it's not just that school uh elliot's very busy when musical season comes along uh, but also serves up at western kentucky university and serves at sky pack and so again god brings us opportunities to serve if we'll just take them and and sometimes we do have to step out of our comfort zones but my question to the listeners would be what are you doing right now like what is naturally a part of your life you say well all i do is i work Oh, great. What can you do in your place of employment to be a blessing to your coworkers? What can you do to tangibly bless them? Um, there's all sorts of things. I mean, maybe, you, maybe you're really good at baking. Well, everybody loves when somebody brings in some good brownies or cookies or something like that. You know, maybe you're, you're really good at, at making cards or celebrating people. Every office needs somebody. Every place needs somebody that's really good at celebrating people. Um, I'm not that person. I love to celebrate people, but like I'm not the person who just dreams about, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, but we have people here who do that, and I love to watch them because they just come alive. So, so what has God put in you, and where has God put you? And how can you use what God has put in you to be a blessing to those around you? And it could be so simple. You know, hey, I'm going to get a coffee. Can I bring you something? That's a blessing, you know? Um, Just taking those little opportunities, because here's the deal. Sometimes we feel like, oh, it's got to be something huge. It's got to be something amazing. And so often it's just the little things. I'll tell you one other thing. So if anybody that is around you is going through a difficult time, you know, whoever they are, if you can encourage them, you will be doing a ministry that is more vital. If it's, if it's getting them a card and just writing in there, Hey, I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you and here to help you in whatever way you can. For me, it's text messages. And I cannot tell you how many times I offer to people, Hey, if there's a way that I can be helpful to you, please tell me. Not, you know, I've changed my language from, well, let me know if I can do anything, you know, because, yeah. but, but if there's a way that I can be tangibly helpful to you, I am in, I am willing to the greatest degree that I am able, I am willing to be helpful to you. And, um, and I think people literally appreciate that, that genuine offer. 
And then if you just take it upon yourself to do some things, you know, my mother just went through cancer and praise God, she came through and she's, she's praise God, yeah. cancer free and, and all those sorts of things. And we're, but the number of cards that she received from people, she put on this huge ring and hangs it from a cabinet in her kitchen. And it's just a constant reminder. And those are just the cards. It's not the flowers and the food and all the, you know, the gifts and things of that nature, but something as simple as a card can mean the world to somebody who feels very alone, who feels like they're, they're navigating this difficulty on their own. And just to know that there are people who are praying for them, lifting them up and encouraging them, that's a gift that, uh, well, it, it is incalculable in its value. So I think those are some tangible ways you can do it. There's all sorts of ways to serve at church. And if you will just open your eyes and look around, there are all sorts of ways that you can serve in your community. Absolutely. Just at its simplest, live your life and just keep an open eye. I mean, seriously, that, I mean, that's it. That's what Jesus, I think about what Jesus did when he walked the earth. He had time for people. He didn't discard people. And he sought to help people. Well, what if we who trust and follow Jesus simply had time for people didn't discard people and were willing to be helpful to people. In our current culture, that would be not only countercultural, that would be revolutionary. So let's do it and see what happens. Yeah, it's a good plan. Can you pray us out for today, Jeff? Let's pray. Lord, you have given us the perfect example to follow. Help us to follow you in faith. Help us to walk our Christian faith in a way that blesses those around us. We truly believe that everywhere you send us, everywhere we find ourselves, we are there on purpose. And so, Lord, help us to make those places better because you are in us and we are in those places. And so, Lord, help us to have eyes to see the needs that are around us. Help us have ears to hear the the hearts that are around us, and help us to be the sort of people who encourage people in Jesus' name. Because, Lord, we know that 10 out of 10 people need encouragement, so help us bring it. We ask it trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley, and our editors are Chadwick Walden and Fuying Engdahl.